How do social entrepreneurs and small businesses create an authentic brand people love so they can get the edge they need to stand out, create predictable revenue, and compete against the big guys? That's what we're here to discuss. I'm Adam Force, the founder of Change Creator, and this is the Authentic Brand Mastery Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the show. Um, excited to have you here today. I got a really special guest um, who I met in a mastermind group, um, and he actually runs a company called Horizons Digital Marketing, which is an e-commerce growth agency, and they're based out of Vancouver. Um, so they're media buyers, and they get you traffic, <laughs> right? And they are niche down, focused only on supporting e-commerce brands. Um, so we've been. Uh, uh, talking and I wanted to bring him on because he has a lot of insights when it comes to driving traffic and you know uh, running on different ad platforms and stuff. I think this is an area where people struggle. So you could be in between where maybe you're looking to, to kind of do some things yourself. You're not ready to hire someone. And so we want to bring those insights to the table. And so that's going to be what we talk about here today with Derek. Um, and if you missed the last episode, it was a very, very uh, powerful episode with uh, the one and only April Dunford. She specializes in positioning. So really, how do we position our product or our brand in the marketplace? This is such a critical part of successfully selling. And so that is something that you don't want to miss. So if you missed it, go back, check out that conversation with April Dunford. Um, really going to uh, get a lot out of that one. Okay. So uh, if you guys have been enjoying some of the show um, shows that we've been putting out there, I hope you have and getting some good insights out of it. We'd appreciate your support. If you want to give some love, just leave a review on iTunes. Um, just pop into your app and go to our show and scroll down. It's right there. Uh, that goes a long way and we appreciate your, your support. Um, and guys, don't forget to stop by changecreator.com. Um, you can check out our services there. We are currently taking on some new clients. We have a pretty full roster, but we brought on some new people and we're doing some really amazing work right now. So we'd love to connect with you if you're running an e-commerce brand. Uh, we're really dialed into working with e-commerce brands at this point in time. So uh, yeah, just go to our services page, book a call, and we'll uh, see if we can help you out. All right, we're going to get into this conversation with Derek. Let's do it. Okay, show me the heat. I know you're going to dig this. What's up, Derek? Welcome to the show, man. How you doing? Doing great, man. Doing great. Thanks for having me. I'm excited to have you here. Um, you know, just full disclosure, like Derek and I, um, we met in a mastermind group. That's what we'll call that. And, um, you know, we've been doing a little work together because his world and my world really kind of jive. So it's been kind of cool. And I wanted to bring him on the show because I know he has a ton of knowledge and experience that is going to be extremely valuable for you guys and your businesses. Derek, just give people that beautiful little snapshot of kind of like where you're at with things today in your world and, and how you got there, just so we know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> thanks for the intro. And again, thanks for, thanks for having me, man. Um, yeah. The, so, so kind of taking a step back uh, about five years ago, uh, I got started in this space, digital marketing got started in uh, really just like, posting organically 
uh, back when organic posting <laughs> was actually a thing on Facebook <laughs> and Instagram, uh, you'd actually get some reach there. Um, and I started dabbling a little bit in, in the paid side of things and the paid side of things really caught my interest after, uh, we sold one boat. Um, we sold one boat and that just got me hooked right away. It was a $300,000 boat. We spent $300 in ad spend. And I was just like, this is an incredible thing. These Facebook ads really work. This is awesome. Um, and, uh, since then it's been kind of just growing ever since we've got a, you know, 14 person team at this point. Um, and we've really, really niched down into, to e-com and this is where, you know, you and I have some synergies too, where our clients are all selling physical products Mm -hmm. and we're just looking to, to help them grow, help them scale and do everything we can to, to do that for them. So. I love it. And why did you dial into e-com? Honestly, um, the, the uh, ability to control things a lot more, uh, Hmm. that was the biggest thing for me. Um, what I found with (laughs) candidly, what I found with lead gen is you generate these leads and you didn't have control after you generate the leads. It was up to the salesperson, right? Mm -hmm. To a certain degree, it was just up to them to close the deal. Right. And sometimes they wouldn't follow up. Sometimes they wouldn't follow up for two weeks, three weeks. It's like, well, those people don't know you exist now. Right. So, um, more so diving into, uh, a space where we have a lot more control where we can help and give guidance on, Hey, these are the things we need to do on the website. This is the creative we need. This is the, and we can control the, the narrative in terms of the ads as well. That was a a huge thing, right? Putting in a dollar, seeing three, four, five, ten come out was really, really yeah. rewarding, right? You know, it's interesting because a lot of players in the media buying space, they're afraid of e-commerce in some regards because the margins are, can be slim. So it's harder to be profitable. Um, so they go after the service companies and stuff who are selling, you know, things that are a few thousand dollars, which gives them a lot more to work with, right? Um, so I guess, what are your thoughts on, you know, dealing with like, the products that, you know, if it's a $50 product and, you know, you got to run ads, it's like, is there a, a challenge or a strategy that helped you overcome like the small margins and stuff like that? Yeah. Great question, man. Uh, I think the biggest thing that we do starting off with clients is just understanding what that profitability looks like. Yeah. Understanding where the break-even point is, understanding um, where they're profitable, where they're happy uh, and where we can actually scale, like that's the biggest thing to figure out on our end first before yeah. we even start. Once we figure that out, once we have a good idea about their AOV, their break-even point, we can kind of reverse engineer. <clears throat> excuse me, reverse engineer what we need to hit uh, in in terms of Facebook soft stats, TikTok, Google soft stats to make things actually work for them. So mm-hmm. once we have that, if we're working with the product that you know, for the most part, we'll we'll recommend people. Um, you know, if they have a $30 product to make sure they typically will contact you first, right? Um, <laughs> we need, to, we need to build out something for you. We need to, um, build out something that increases your AOV, increases your LTV, um, and ultimately makes this uh, a game that you can play, yeah. right? Because yeah. gone are the days of 30 cent cost per clicks on, on Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, like we've seen yeah. the odd one, yeah. but for the most part, like that's not going to happen anymore. Right. Yeah. So at that point, you just need to start looking at how can you improve ALV and improve LTV. Right. I agree. So people just listening, making sure you understand improving AOV today is your average order value. 
So you're getting more on the upfront sale with your ad spend, right? And then lifetime value is what's going on on the back end. So I, I have found, Derek, I don't know about you, but like a lot of e-commerce folks are not thinking about the email lead generation as much. It's just get the sale. I want to run ads to my product page, get a sale. And that singular step sales process is very difficult to be profitable sometimes, right? So we, this is where, you know, Derek and I have kind of started joining forces where he's on the front end, bringing all the right people at like great price points and getting high engagement. And then on the back end, we're doing the sales setups for increasing AOV and uh, conversions and all that kind of stuff. And so it's been kind of exciting, but that is the game today. Like I was, you know, just talking to someone, I was, I was telling her, I was like, nobody in e-commerce today is doing seven or eight figures without these like funnel strategies and things like that. It's very difficult without that. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I think like to that point there, there was a time where you could build a seven, eight figure brand on just the backs of Facebook, Instagram. Yeah. And it was, those were the main platforms, right? Like throw Google into the mix there too, but yeah. Yeah. Now, there's so much volatility and um, I, I just, I just wouldn't be relying on one platform, right? It's really an omni-channel approach. And yeah. Like, how yeah. we can get your AOV up, how we can increase your LTV, how we can make sure that once a customer buys, you have a high repeat customer rate. So they're buying again and again and again. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're selling dresses, they think of you when they want to buy their next dress. If they're selling, um, you know, shoes, they think of you the next time you want to buy shoes, right? Yep. yep. Those, those types sense. of things. And, and focusing more on, I would say like branding versus the, the marketing side of things too, right? Mm, that's interesting. Just to make that impression, build trust, that kind of yeah. stuff. Yeah. And I, I think the omni-channel is so valuable. Um, and that's something that you bring to the table because you, you, you know, I had a conversation with Aaron Parkinson um, on the show here just a little while ago. And um, he made a great point saying, cause I was like, yeah, you can be successful. You should be able to sell on any platform. If the product's good, your positioning is good, like you could sell anywhere, but your money might go further on, yeah. you know, a TikTok or whatever. So you can get more for your money. That's, that's true. Um, his main point was you have to be able to um, understand that they take different approaches on every platform. You can't just yeah. take the same ads from Facebook and put them on TikTok, right? And I think exactly. that's where, you know, a team like yours comes in that's so valuable because it's a lot to wrap your head around and deal with. And like, as an owner, I do one platform, Facebook, right? <laughs> so, because I can't even, I, I was like, I can't even get into it. I have to hire people like you to do other platforms, you know, because it's too much. So yeah. I think that that's that's a key point though to conversions too, because you need to bring in different traffic from different places that have different intentions. Exactly. It's just like understanding the intention of the platform and understanding how people are consuming content on the platform, right? People yeah. consume content yeah. way differently on TikTok versus Facebook versus Instagram versus Google, right? Yeah. Like all of those are different and the approach needs to be different. Um, the typically the language will, it can be similar, but the, the content you're making should be different to reflect whatever intent level people have at a certain step of the funnel. Right. Yeah. So if they're yeah. on Google and they're searching for a very specific product or they're searching for your brand, that's very high intent. 
right? <laughs> yeah. You can't yeah. get much more high intent than someone specifically seeking out your brand, right? But right. you know, if someone's on their TikTok feed, they're on that platform for entertainment through videos, right? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, creating some entertainment or educational type content on TikTok, I mean, that's what we've done, right? We actually, different to you, like we, we used to generate almost all of our leads through Facebook, Instagram for our business. Yeah. We've shifted almost all of that to, to TikTok. Um, we still do some Facebook, Instagram, but in TikToks, I would say it's more to manage because of the content side of things. Um, but that's how their algorithm works too, right? It's, it's um, content based as opposed to more the uh, social graph. So it's like content graph versus social graph. Yeah. It's really interesting. I just don't even have the brain power to try to wrap my head around another platform. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, but I do see Facebook and like, you know, it has its challenges. It's still a great platform, but it's a little more expensive and saturated and it's very up and down. I noticed like I run ads on a uh, Monday. I like to start on Monday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It could be great. But then like Thursday, Friday, it starts like costs just get crazy. I don't know what it is, but I see that. Do you, are you seeing patterns like that? I, I look, I try to look at data on like more of a weekly, yeah. um, yeah. on a weekly basis, because there's going to be those fluctuations no matter, and that's like what we kind of tell our clients too. like, there's yeah. going to be daily fluctuations. There's going to be even weekly fluctuations. And sometimes those things can impact like overall numbers for the month. But what we look at is like, Hey, are things growing overall? Are things improving overall? Like if yeah. our cost per lead goes from 50 bucks to 200 and it stays at 200 for like a week or five days, I'd start to be concerned. <laughs> right? yeah, I'd be concerned in 24 you know? hours. <laughs> yeah. But if it's like one day or two days, it's like, okay, hey, you know what? Like, cause to be honest, we'll have some days where we get like 12 leads and then we'll have other days where we get like two. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, so and, and, and it, it all, it's a, just about the average cost. Averages, know? averages. I was just in that conversation too. It's like, you got to look at them at the most, the minimum is like weekly, like, cause you got to give yeah. it time to average out to see where you are. Yeah. If you look at the daily, you might just drive yourself insane. <laughs> yeah. 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 And that's like, I mean, there used, there was a time and place where like, you could go into face, well, like TikTok, for example, TikTok doesn't react well. Their algorithm just doesn't react well when you're making changes every single day. Right. Just launch TikTok ads, leave them for a little bit, leave them for five to seven days. And then go back in, figure out, okay, what's working, what's not. Facebook, Instagram, there used to be a time. Well, now there's like a delayed attribution, right? Yeah. So it's at least three days, mm. right? Before you really want to change anything. So if you're changing everything on a daily basis, what you might end up doing, because we did this early on with, with iOS, we'd like turn something off and then it would clock in sales. Right. Yeah. 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 The delay. And we're like, Oh shit. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> you know, this book needs 72 hours. You have to give it 72 hours to, sh to really get the data sometimes for the data to actually populate. Right. And yeah. I, that was a hard, I didn't realize that too. So I always give everything at least, um, four days, right. To, if I'm just yeah. testing. Right. And, um, one thing that I didn't realize is you have to, um, cause it always goes in that learning phase. So I know there's a bunch of you listening that are trying to run Facebook ads. So I'm going <laughs> to share this with you. You know, that learning phase, you got to get 30 to 50 pixel triggers. So if it's for leads or sales, you got to hit that like 50 sales in a seven day window for that to stabilize. 
Um, I didn't realize that for the longest time, because until you do that, you could just be doing small budgets and all of a sudden you're just drifting along for a month or two and it never stabilizes. You're just all over the effing place wondering what the hell's going on. <laughs> so that yeah. is, that was a thing for me and it changed the way I thought about my budget. I'm like, well, if I have to get there, how much am I willing to spend for a customer? Boom. And that's my budget for the week, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That that's exactly it. Right. Like with, um, that's the, the optimal level. What we've noticed is like, sometimes it doesn't make sense, right? Sometimes it's like, well, our cost per conversion is a hundred bucks or something along those lines. Right. And if a client doesn't have that budget to work with, um, sometimes it's a little tricky. So we've actually, we've seen to your point, I think there's like some stabilization issues. Sometimes it just doesn't yeah. quite stabilize if it's yep. in learning limited, but it's still, it'll still work. Um, so typically the it's funny because Facebook, uh, to fix that, there's two solutions, right? One is change the optimization event. So instead of optimize, like if you're selling a product, instead of optimizing for purchase, cha change to add to cart, 99% of the time that doesn't work very well for you. Um, works great for Facebook. The other solution, <laughs> what a surprise is to increase budget. Yeah. Who's that great for yeah. as well? Probably Facebook, right? Yeah. You get more yeah. budget, you know? So it's oh, like, yeah. yeah, it's a, uh, it's an interesting, I, I tend to ignore a lot of the, the, the warnings that Facebook gives sometimes. Yeah. Oh, all um, the, I never right? pay attention to the warning. I know Aaron's always like, no, F that. That's, that's just yeah. trying to, to, to mess with you to spend more yeah. money. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah. The amount of calls you'll get to, like, you know, we're managing a ton of client campaigns now. Like I probably get seven calls a day just from random marketing experts, um, quote unquote. Quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <Yeah. laughs> So. Hey, so tell me a little bit about, um, I, I'm, I know we, I always talk big picture when it comes to these strategies and stuff. And I kind of did that with Aaron and I want to dig a little deeper here. So as people are listening, um, you know, there's two different worlds in my mind when it comes to ads and it's, you know, the sandbox testing. And then once we know like what creatives and audiences, like we really want to start leaning into it's like moving those forward, right? And scaling them. Um, can you tell me, can you talk a little bit about sandbox testing? So like maybe a few tips just on how to think about it, um, you know, budget, especially e-commerce world, because you're the e-commerce guy. So I think that would be helpful for people just to, because they're not, yeah. not everybody may be ready for your kind of service just yet. So they got to like get their feet wet and then they can be ready for that, you know? Yeah, no, no, absolutely. I think, um, our, our process, we have like kind of a five-step framework. Uh, the first thing we start with is just identifying the goals, identifying goals, identifying kind of your profitability, your break-even point, yeah. where things actually make sense. Because without that, you kind of just run in blind. And a lot of yeah. business owners, like candidly, and I know I did this when I was first starting, I was like, I don't really know. Like, I know we're profitable, but I don't know exactly what, I don't know exactly where we're spending money. And I'm just kind of going, right? Yeah. Because that's the thing that you need to do at the beginning is just go. Right. Yeah. Um, but at a certain point, it starts to become very important to really understand those numbers. So that's step one. Step two is just understanding where, where the bottleneck is. Yeah. So if you could change one thing in your business that would improve things the most, what would that one thing be? Um, so we use kind of a top-down approach and we try to figure out, okay, is it, you know, your average order value or is it your CPA? Yeah. Because right? those are the two primary drivers of ROAS, right? 
if it's your CPA, is it your conversion rate or is it your cost per click? So is it like yeah. how many people are converting or is it your cost of traffic, right? Just like walking through that sequentially, I can go you know, into a lot of detail on that, but that would be that next step is just really analyzing um, and understanding where you should be putting your efforts. Because if you put your efforts in an area where you're going to have marginal returns, it's not as much of a point to it, right? But if you're putting <laughs> right. your efforts into like something where, hey, you know what? Our conversion rate right now is 0.5. An industry standard is three. Okay, we should probably fix that, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So just understanding that first. Uh, and then what we want to do is kind of start a testing phase, right? Um, so the first thing we start with is like building out an avatar, right? Who are you actually targeting? Right. I was, I was just on a call with a, with a prospect the other day and we were talking about who they're targeting and they were talking about, Hey, yeah, we're, we're targeting teens cause they're selling teen skincare. Right. So I was like, well, are, are the teens the one actually buying it? No. And, and we had this, like, he had this like revelation on the call where it's like, well, actually we're not, we're not even targeting the teens where we should actually be targeting the parents. I'm like, well, there you go. That's step number one. If you, if you've got a great message, if you've got a great product, but you're targeting the wrong people, <laughs> yeah, kind of an issue. Right. So that's kind of where we start is just avatar testing. Yep. Um, to give you a very long answer to the question, the, the first one is that avatar testing. And then we start testing out hooks and offers. And then we start testing creatives and content, um, ad copy, those types of things. Yeah. Depends on the platform, right? Because yeah. TikTok, you're not going to test ad copy. Right? <laughs> no. Like there's like four words that you can actually see. It's going to have the least impact. Um, Google, you're not going to test creative because you can't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, we amend things depending on which platform we're on, but right. typically we kind of take that top-down approach. Start with the biggest thing. Start with like, who are you actually selling to? Really understanding yeah. that. Yeah. Right. How many like audiences? I'm I'm you know on the Facebook world because that's just all I know. So, hmm. you know, if somebody's getting out there. Um, are they testing like? I always like to go out and find out what creatives are are like engaging which audience the best. Right. So. Um, I'm curious and like, cause everybody has different approaches in, you know, just how many different creatives do you actually test out? How many audiences do you actually go after? You know, are you, I, I this is not, you know, for me, I like to understand it in the, in the e-commerce world and kind of get some insight around it because, um, you know, is it, I think budgets are different there too. So I'd like to help people understand mm -hmm. Like you don't need to spend a thousand dollars a day when you're testing out audiences and creatives. So trying to get a scope, I guess, is what I'm trying to give people a picture of here. For sure. Yeah. So I'll touch on the the budget side of things first. Um, this is going to vary, right? Like you, some of you guys listening might, might've been on calls with, um, you know, agencies or freelancers or anything. Everyone's going to ha have their own quote unquote minimum budgets. Uh, and typically that's probably because they have some degree of a testing framework. Yeah. Um, so all of my budget recommendations would be on our testing framework and based yeah. on like what has worked really well for us. Um, but I would say in terms of budget, you don't need to be spending a thousand bucks a day. You don't even need to be spending 500 bucks a day. Um, right. What we usually want is at least a hundred. Um, and the, the reason for that is kind of the answer to your first question um, is because if if you're spending less than that, typically you won't be able to get much meaningful data on 
any number of audiences, right? So what we want to make sure we're doing is testing out typically at least, I mean, if we're starting with a very low budget, it'll be like three audiences, mm. right? To start. Dividing so up. Audiences. So each, each one would be like 30 some dollars then each audience. Yeah. It's, it, and it depends on the store too, right? Like if, if a store is brand new, you might allocate more uh, to top of funnel cold traffic versus retargeting. But if a store is really well established and they don't have any ads going, you might allocate more to retargeting and then also push some into cold traffic. You know, that, right. that could vary anyways, anywhere from like a, you know, a 70 to 90% um, focus on cold traffic, depending right. on how much traffic you already have. Um, now, beyond that, in terms of the actual kind of breakdowns, I'd say usually about three audiences, maybe two, depending on, you know, if you're right on that $100 mark, <laughs> Yeah. you know, then I'd have probably about uh, three creatives um, initially. So right? you're not so dividing these, up the cash too much. Exactly. Because if, well, here's the thing too, right? If you throw in 20 creatives, what, what's going to happen? You're going to have 20 creatives and you're going to be spending, if you do, you know, call it $90 a day divided by three audiences. So you have 30 audiences. And then if you have 20 creatives, that's like what a dollar 30 per day. Per ad. <laughs> yeah. You'd be there like, forever. <laughs> unless you're selling like Q-tips or something like by the 10 pack, like you're not, you're not going to be making it very far. Right. Uh, you're not going to get a lot of kind of measurable data in there. So, well, let me pause you. That's right reason there. one. Yeah. So that just hold your thought if you can. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt, but it's, it's just yeah, yeah. one of the things that has come up, and I want to make this clarification. So, running that test now again, this is your methodology, right? And everyone's different. Um, one of the things I have learned um, from guys like Aaron <laughs> um, is, you know. You could, let's say you do the 20 creatives and the only thing you're going for is to see which audience and which creative is most engaged. So you might say, how much am I willing to spend on a click, right? And if you're saying, I'm willing to spend $2 on a click. So Aaron's philosophy is if you want to move fast, you can do a lot of creatives and a lot of audiences. And then if it gets to $2 on that ad, that individual ad, and it doesn't have a click yet, shut it off. <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's like, so now you're just saying, Hey, here's my, it, it may later get a click, but typically you're kind of getting an early read sign. And so you could just be testing a lot of different things up front where you don't need the single ad to get to a sale per se. If you just want to know, am I getting a click and what's my click through rate or whatever you might be looking at, right. Just to see the engagement. Is that like, do you guys, is that part of like your philosophies as well as, as you guys move forward with these things? I, I would say yes, yes and no. Um, the reason being is because our, for the most part, what we're looking at is, is what's our cost per acquisition? What's our cost per sale, right? Like how are we yeah. looking there? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, so for the most part, I would say we're most so, more so focusing on that versus the cost per click side of things. And okay. The reason we wouldn't necessarily have 20 in there at, a, at the same time is because typically two or three of them are going to get all the budget anyways. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like, it's not, it's not useful for us to throw in 20 ads and then be like, well, 17 of these are losers because they only spent 53 cents and they didn't get a purchase. Right. Cause yeah. it's just, yeah. at that point it's like, well, it's not really 
like accurate data because if we remove the three top spenders, we'd have 17 other ads and maybe it would be three different ones. Sure. Right? Sure. The ones that Facebook allocates budget to isn't like they aren't always the ones that are the best either. True. Yeah. Right. True. Yeah. They they know pretty well, but we I like we kind of prefer a little bit more of a manual approach. It's a little bit more work to do. Um, yeah. but it is it typically pays off. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that like that's my two cents on like the the copy. I like looking big you know, picture too, testing, dude. Right. Just- Cost per acquisition, you know, like yeah. the big numbers because you can get really lost in the weeds. So I've kind of taken a twofold approach with everybody's insights, kind of like you're like what I'm hearing from you. Like I've heard these things and then from other guys like Jason Horner and Aaron and all those guys. And it's like, yeah. I'll do a testing phase for creatives, like at where I'm shutting them off if I'm not getting the clicks, the ones that are winners. Then I move into larger budget campaigns and I will, um, only really be looking at my cost per lead and my cost per sale. And that's it. Yeah. Right. Cause then everything else, I just don't want to be lost in the weeds anymore. It drives me nuts. <laughs> yeah. You know, For sure. No, I feel that man. Um, at what point, like h- how does somebody know? So to your point, guys, you got to know your numbers. Like what, what are your numbers? How much are you willing to spend? What's your break even point? You know, like all the things you're considering. So, I mean, you mentioned all that upfront thinking before you actually run the ads because you got to know what you're aiming at because that's going to tell you what the winner is and what the loser is, right? Because you can't really move something forward to scale. So let's say you're running sandbox and you find a couple winners, you know, how do people start thinking about growing those? Yeah, yeah, great question. So the, I mean, there, there's a couple of different things that we would look at. Um, one, if it's profitable, right? How yeah. much margin do we have on that? Like how profitable is it? Is it something that, yeah, we're we're shooting for a two times ROAS and we're at a five because right. that indicates like a high degree of scalability, right? I'd look at that and be like, okay, cool. We can, we can scale this to the moon, right? We can scale this for quite a long time depending on what our budget is, right? Yeah. Um, so that would be the first thing. Uh, and then once we determine, yeah, okay, this is something that we can scale. There's different scaling approaches. It depends on how, it depends on your goals ultimately, right? It circles back to that number one. It's like, well, what, what do you really want to do? Are you trying to maximize enterprise value? Um, or are you trying to maximize profitability? Right. 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 Are you trying to just pump as many sales as humanly possible? Do you have the inventory for that? Like, can you do that? Sure. <laughs> yeah. Like, is that your goal? Yeah. Okay. Like you want to garner more investor interest or whatever. Great. Focus on that. But if you're focusing on profitability, then, okay, how, how can we scale efficiently, but also not break the system? Right. Mm-hmm. So like how, you know, maybe, maybe that looks like a 25, 30% budget increase every two to three days. Right. Yeah. Um, Yep. We've done way more aggressive scaling. Like we we scaled one brand from uh, in in six days we scaled them from two hundred dollars a day to about eight thousand dollars a day. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, it is. I would not recommend that. Right, <laughs> and it was like very it was very very high touch and very like we were scaling three times a day, pretty much. Yeah. Wow. Right. That gets intense. Yeah. Right? And, so, and things can go wow. very wrong very quickly. Well, that's the thing. And, you know, you duplicate a campaign or an ad set and you can, what, I'm just going to make this up, double the budget on it. Right. And then I guess you're looking at it and saying, is it going to hold? <laughs> you right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And, and everyone's got their own like scaling approach too, right? Some people yeah. love the dupe effect. We, we, when we were doing that scale, uh, we did, we were just doing budget increases. So we were doing CBO, big CBO mm -hmm. campaigns. We were scaling up, you know, for example, we'd have a campaign that's doing a hundred bucks. We'd scale a hundred to 200 at the beginning of the day. If numbers were looking good from yesterday, halfway through the day, we'd scale from 200 to 400. Halfway through the day again, we'd scale from 400 to 800 <laughs> or sorry, just beyond that, like five o'clock, five, four or five o'clock, we'd scale again to like 800. And then we'd see how it was going in the morning. If it was just kind of level in the morning, we'd leave it. If it was starting to increase, bump that 800 to 1600. Right. So, Oh my God. That's yeah. crazy. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. moving pretty quick right there. Um, uh, I had a thought I wanted to ask you about, um, when it came to that, but I lost it, but okay. So that's, that's scaling pretty quick and you were actually updating budgets and um, yeah. So I guess, tell me that was one interesting case study. Any, any others just, you know, that stand out to you um, that might have any kind of interesting insights on um, scaling, you know, from sandbox to, to a growth pattern, basically. Any, any stories that come to mind from your client experience? Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, there's a ton, right? It, it depends on the situation. There's, there's so many, uh, I mean, we had a couple situations where, um, we, a, a bunch of brands, actually, we scaled them very, very quickly mm. and then they ran out of inventory, right? That's a <laughs> Then we have to do pre-orders or we have to do something else. Oh, so it's like God. being adaptable to, yeah, man, like being adaptable to the things that are happening, yeah. things like that. Right. Where if we're scaling, uh, we we've had to like pull back ad spend or hold off on the ad spend, or we can't increase because of inventory issues. Yeah. Right. Yep. Um, whether that's like, that was pre pandemic even right and now post pandemic or, you know, as we're just, it's still not even post pandemic in terms yeah. of like the, the supply chain and everything. Right. Um, it's, it's terrible. Right. So even pre pandemic, we were having those types of issues with scaling and now it's just a little bit more exacerbated. Yep. So it's, it's just a matter of looking at, okay, are we actually in a position where we can scale incredibly quickly? Yep. Uh, if, if not, then how quickly can we scale? Mm -hmm. What can we do? How long are people going to wait? Like, are people going to wait a year for a pre-order or, right. or eight months for a pre-order? Some people will. We have we have one client who we did like, I think it was like a week or two. We we did 200K or something in, in just pre-order sales, just pre-order sales. <laughs> and it was six months out. Oh my God. Right? Wow. But so like- Six months. That's some big. people are willing to wait. Interesting. Right? Interesting. I, and how long do you uh, like run a test before you say, Hey, these are winners. Is it four days, seven days? What's your model? Typically we kind of look, um, look more so at the results that they're generating and consistency of results that they're generating versus uh, a time frame necessarily. So an example of that would be like, like we at least want six data points, right? And six data points would look like, six purchases are consistently getting X amount of purchases per day. We look at those six data points because that makes it uh, statistically significant. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah. then basically just saying, hey, okay, this is this is on the right track or that we're getting, <clears throat> excuse me, we're getting consistent sales, Yeah. right? If, we're, if we launch an ad campaign and they're starting to get 10 sales, 20 sales per day, 
and that happens for a week or two, yeah, we yeah. might call that stability. Uh, but again, it does depend on like what the goal is, right? Yeah, yeah. Like if the because it's not it's not super high risk to change the budget by twenty five percent, right? Increase the budget right. by twenty five percent. Can it break? Yeah, Facebook loves to break things. Right? <laughs> yeah, it does. But, Don't touch it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But but it's also not like incredibly high risk to do that. It's not like you're going in there and you're increasing from a hundred to a thousand. Oh yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. The odds of something breaking there are exceptionally high. Right. Yeah, I mean, I like the idea of um, kind of just making it statistically relevant. Getting, you know, are you consistently getting the you know cost per click you want purchases? I like the idea of getting multi, like several purchases to really show that it's kind of consistent. Um, and you'll see that once Facebook kind of like latches on you start seeing this like consistency, right? Yeah, yeah I, I noticed that too. Um, and the last thing I'll, I'll want to just kind of touch on and we'll wrap up here is um, helping people understand maybe ABO versus CBO. Like, are you, you know, everyone has different philosophies and ideas about it. I see people, they do all their testing and scaling in CBO and some people do testing in ABO and then scale in CBO. What's, what are your thoughts on that stuff? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Um, I would say it depends on the platform. Um, typically what we do though, is we test in ABO and then scale in CBO. Mm-hmm. And the reason behind that methodology for us is just because we like having a little bit more control in ABO for testing. Cause sometimes I know with, uh, I mean, Facebook's a little bit better at this, but sometimes with TikTok, um, you throw things into a CBO campaign and you know, 80% of the budget is going to one ad set. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that becomes like a, Hey, is this actually a real test kind of issue? Right. It's not. <laughs> so exactly. Right. So it's like, well, if you're spending 80% of the budget here and then 10% on these other two audiences, that's not really fair. So typically we do our testing in ABO and then we scale in, in yeah. CBO. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Awesome, man. Well, lots of helpful information. Appreciate it. Um, yeah. You guys are doing awesome work. Um, why don't you give a shout out? Where do people find you and learn more? Um, if you guys need support with your media, like everything we talk about in the e-commerce space, uh, Derek and team are rock stars and a, a preferred partner for us. So definitely recommend. Fire it up. Yeah, no, appreciate it, man. Um, you can find us just on our website, uh, horizonsdigitalmarketing.com. Uh, you can check us out on Instagram or on uh, TikTok or on Facebook. Also at, at horizons digital marketing or not.com at horizons digital marketing there. So yeah, hit us up on any of those platforms. Uh, websites usually the best there. Um, and yeah, thanks. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. Just mention my name. He'll give you the first year free. Just kidding. <laughs> Cheeky guy. <laughs> All right, brother. I appreciate you. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Sounds great, man. Talk soon. Thanks for tuning into the Authentic Brand Mastery Podcast. Don't forget to stop by changecreator.com for more information, fresh articles, content, and our services if you're looking to build a brand that people love. And please stop by iTunes, leave us a five-star review. We appreciate your support.